0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reason Sports Network. Make sure to check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell it out. F-I-V-E. ReasonsSports.com, all the latest columns on the Miami Heat, but also the Miami Dolphins, Hurricanes, the Panthers, who look like they're flaming out again before the playoffs, and of course, don't forget we've got Miami Marlins coverage now with spring training starting, and also Miami FC played its first game. Excuse me, not Miami FC. I'm used to Miami FC. Inter Miami played its first game out in Los Angeles uh, on Sunday, its first match, and so we'll have coverage. Of that as well. We do a lot of soccer on the network. Also, check out one of our great new sponsors, also an old sponsor, Dural Toyota. Dural Toyota is celebrating its 50th anniversary with below market prices on new and used vehicles. Five Reasons Sports listeners will get a dedicated manager to work with over 1,500 new and used cars to choose from. Easy to get to right off 826 and 836, a few blocks from International Mall. In-house financing available for credit-related challenges. So visit DoralToyota.com. Again, that's DoralToyota.com for more details or people on our network who drive cars from Doral Toyota because they had such a good experience there, or visit the showroom. It's at 9775 Northwest 12th Street in Doral. Again, that's 9775 Northwest 12th Street in Doral. DoralToyota.com. And now, today's episode.
0: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick with Alfonso Sydney. A Alf 954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, Ethan Skolnick, I've got Alex Toledo today. Alphonse Sidney is in Colombia, um, somewhere. I think it was in Medellin. He posted something on Instagram saying that what happened last night is not for public consumption. Um, So, he was not available to us tonight. We have considered alternative co hosts. Uh, we're going to discuss someone named Chef Trilly today because I think he would be a good candidate to replace Alf if Alf doesn't make it back. We're going to give Alf another 24 hours uh, to return from Columbia uh, without anybody else. Nobody he didn't come with should come back with him from Columbia. I just want to be clear <laughs> on that. All right, we're going to get to some basketball here. Um, we've got a two part podcast today, Alex, and you've got some other things going on tonight. I want to get to what happened over the weekend against the Mavericks and the Nets. You and I were both at the Mavericks game, not at the Nets game, although we both watched him, watched it. And then I want to focus on what everybody really wants to focus on was the Bucks game and a certain player who had something like 80 points and 25 rebounds and a win today. Um, what happened over the weekend that hasn't been happening? What, what turned? how do you go from losing to the Hawks, to the Cavaliers, to the Wolves to beating a good Dallas team and an OK Nets team that you lost to the last time up in Brooklyn, what changed?
2: Well, I think really what changed, when you just get right down to it, is their execution in the second half, specifically their defensive execution. Right, I think they really rallied around their defensive effort there. Uh, you know, you saw a lot, you saw a lot of positive defense from Crowder and Iguodala. Uh You know, they did a really good job guarding Luca, not really letting him getting going. But, you know, the Berea thing was always going to happen because that's what Berea does when he comes down to Miami. Uh, But, yeah, like they in the second half, in the fourth quarter, they really rallied around the defensive effort. And that's what ended up creating easier points for them. And that's what I think is going to ultimately come down to whether or not they get to the second round is how much can they depend on their defense when it really matters? And can they get enough stops to create points? And, you know, also having offensive guys in the lineup, right? Like how, mm. many, how many offensive guys are going to have to give up to get to those really good defensive lineups? So I think well, it was good to see them get through it, right? And, and, and perform in the fourth quarter after the slippages they've had over the past few games. Well, they did have some slippage. I mean, they they let both of those games get closer than they should have
1: um, at certain points. But they responded this time. The game, they did right. There was a point that they made it stop. Um, a couple of things I want to focus on because I do agree with you a certain degree of the defense, but I think in some ways it was the offense being able to hit a different gear when they needed it. Okay, so to me, to me, three things uh, happened there, and it, beyond just Jimmy, who uh, you know, who had his moments, obviously. Uh, but the first thing to me was Kelly Olynyk has resurfaced as a viable rotation player for this team. And, and I think even Eric Spolstra acknowledged that this has been a long time coming. Uh, this is now some consistency from Kelly. He's getting back to a lot of I mean He had nine assists in the Dallas game. He's getting back to a lot of the things that he was doing before the dribble handoff stuff you've talked about and being a legitimate backup center replacement for Bam. He's never going to be a rim protector. They're not going to have Myers now for an, a longer period of time. I've got some news nuggets on the pod, too, I'm going to drop. So remind me of that. But I just think when you look at uh, you know, what Kelly is providing right now, it's exactly what they envisioned, uh, and he just hasn't gotten to it. Uh, the second thing is Dragic being able to to give them what they need when they need it, uh, which, again, if we had Simon uh, Sperling, Simon Smith on, and he kind of got into you know this idea of Dragic being pretty awful down the stretch this season, in the last four to five minutes in tight games. Like he's been, he's scored the most fourth quarter points on the team, but when it's really mattered, he hasn't been there. Uh, he was there over the weekend. I think that was another big thing. And the third thing, and I don't think we talk about him enough. And I noticed this, we did it again in the post game video the other night. Alex, is we always sort of just take Kendrick Nunnell score twenty two on a 55% shooting, we don't discuss it. Um, Kendrick Nunn, since the All-Star break, and you and I were both in Chicago, we both said he looked healthy in that Rising Stars game. Every, you know, Everybody's like, oh, it's a Rising Stars game. But he looked different. We said it at the time, and he's shooting almost 60% from the field um, and averaging, I think, 19 points a game since the break. So, like, this has happened now several times with Kendrick this season where it's like he takes a step back but immediately gets the step forward after it and he's done it
2: again I think it's we got to give him some credit here 100% what you're saying is true Uh, but I think the the main reason we don't really talk about it like that especially during home games is because we know what we're getting from Kendrick Nunn at home right he's going to give you scoring he's going to give you efficient scoring you know pull up shots He's going to wait for the defense to drop and he's going to take the open shot. I think that's what pretty much Spell has something to do every time he's out there, right? Because they, Spell knows that the defenses are going to drop on Jimmy and Bam pick and rolls. And so they're going to say, whenever they drop on the pick and roll, Kendrick Nunn, you shoot it. And, you know, that's not even, doesn't even need to be said with Duncan because they're not even, they wouldn't dare drop on Duncan. But every time that they drop on Nunn, he's going to sink it. And they're going to need that from him in the playoffs. So it, he's. What he's brought to his team, the consistent 15 points per game, more or less scoring that he's got brought as a pull-up threat, which they don't really have outside of, you know, him and Hero. You know, you got Dragic doing it off the bench. But again, all of these guys are not great defenders. But what you're saying is true. He's looked absolutely better than what he did beforehand. And they're really going to need his scoring in the playoffs as well.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And I've got something on him we're going to get to, like I said, in the second part of the podcast. Um, so, I think we've kind of covered it to a large degree in terms of what happened. I, I don't want to overfocus on it over the weekend. I mean, they're right in themselves. Um, I don't think they fixed all the problems. But and it was I, weird
2: that they went to zone versus yes. Dallas, which has a number one offense in the league by a decent margin, uh, by offensive rating. And they, they have a lot of shooting, and, and the Heat went to the zone anyways, and it ended up working out.
1: It, it, it worked out, but
2: barely. I still should love be noted. It. That should be noted. I, no, the way to I, cap it I, off I, is that, we, you know, the Heat were able to actually play defense versus the number one offense in the league. Right? They, like we, they, we've seen them play bad defense versus all these bad teams. And, you know, we were kind of wondering, like, how good is this defense? We're still wondering that. Because they have – they just – you know, they've been hovering around 20th in the league since December. And for them to do that versus the number one offense, it's, it's got to be gratifying.
1: Well, you mentioned it, too. Iguodala looked better. Uh, I, I think the last two games in particular, uh, there was that one sequence we mentioned on Twitter. There was a guy behind us at the Dallas game who was riding him incessantly, you can't guard anybody, get him off the floor, uh, you know, don't let him touch the ball on offense, and then he had that sequence, uh, which was maybe one of his best sequences with the Heat, where he, you know, he, he made a defensive play, and then on the other end uh, you know, smashed a dunk on the
2: break. It looks pretty athletic.
1: He, well, you know, people forget about him. You know, when he when he came into the league, he was a he was a, an above the rim player. I mean, he wasn't DJJ, but he was he was a dunker. Um I mean, the the whole issue with Iguodala in Philadelphia was that he wasn't really in true number one guy. That 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 was the thing. Like and, but he was kind of ostensibly the number one on that team that played the Big 3 heat uh in two, I guess it was the 2011 playoffs, 2010-2011 season that also had Drew Holiday, also had Thad Young. Uh, but that, you know, but Iguodala was at the time, you know, their best player or their best all-around player. They had Lou Williams too, and they were still playing through Iguodala. So, I, but look, all they want from him, and we've talked about it, is that they want to be able to count on him to make smart plays um, and, and you know, to guard the position, play the passing lanes, create a couple of things with his quick hands and deflections and and change some of the momentum of the game in that way. And I thought, you know, we, we can, t- again, talk about the, the, the you know, the, whether that was a brilliant move or not to pick him up. And I think that's this
3: show is sponsored by better help. What's the first thing you would do. If you had an extra hour in your day, go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what, if time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. For no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat.
1: It's a conversation we need to keep happening, having, but I think what we saw was kind of what they want from him. And so I think he's getting a little bit closer. But I think overall, Alex, to, to me, uh, you know, what they pretty much did was they kind of made up for somewhat in the standings, what should have been those wins against the Cavs and the wolves, at least. Um, you know, Cause I thought the Dallas game might be a loss at home. I thought Nets was probably a win, but at least you got one back basically. So you got one back. And as we look today, I'm looking at Philadelphia. Their schedule is catching up with them with, you know, especially their injuries. I mean, they gave up a million points tonight and they've got the Lakers on Tuesday night, and so you're still, and you're still, and they're a half game ahead of Phil, ahead of Indiana, so you're still kind of keeping the home court, which is what you want to keep. So all of that is better. I got time for one news nugget, and then you and I are going to discuss Giannis. The whole rest of the podcast. Um, Justice Winslow. We've talked about this repeatedly. Are people? Do you think people are tired of this topic, Alex? I don't know.
2: I'm not sure because I still see a lot of like people who who bring up the trade on Twitter, and and, and you know are upset that Winslow's not a part of it anymore.
1: Still not playing, by the way, right? I mean still I'm still at...
2: upset about it, but I'm 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 past it, but it's all, I, every time I think about it, I'm like, oh man, just unfortunate.
1: Well, I think people would be be more upset about it if he was playing right now, right? Like that
2: isn't that I mean at least he's not Oh, they playing. would be upset with the Heat right now if he was playing because if then was it would make it look like the Heat were just kind of, you know, bullying. I don't know. I don't even know what the what people would think. But if he were to play, it would go against everything that they said or what's come out from them is that, you know, they didn't really know when he was going to play again.
1: Right. All right. So let me give you a little detail on that. Like I said, I've got like six or seven things that I've heard and confirmed over the past few days about various topics that I'll kind of be sprinkling in to the podcast, like like rainbow sprinkles on your donut in the morning. Um, So here's the Justice Winslow one. Uh, You know, remember I've been saying repeatedly that, you know, He and the Heat were not on the same page as the on the injury, that that was the big issue that that I don't there was a report that came out that said the opposite during this whole thing. And and I was told it was crazy and it was crazy during this entire period of time. Justice thought the injury was worse than the heat did. Okay, I mean, that that wasn't the only issue. There were other issues that led the heat to believe that maybe justice just didn't want to be here anymore. But that was the major issue. What I was told, and I got this confirmed even after I spoke to you about it, because you and I talked about it when I was told this on, over the weekend, that when Justice had an MRI, uh, he had it from a doctor, uh, obviously. <laughs> and the doctor um, told him, essentially, look, I'm not finding anything. Like, I mean, not to say that you're not hurt, but there's nothing on this MRI. And Justice got visibly upset. That's what I was told, visibly upset and verbally upset uh, that the doctor uh, had not found anything. Um, There's a little bit more detail to this, which I told you sort of on the side, but again, something that I would need to get confirmed three times to report. But let's let's just be straight here. What I was talking about, about there being a disconnect, it was even stronger than I indicated earlier. (laughs) Okay. I mean, like to the point where, like I said, justice was insistent that there was a problem and didn't believe that not only did he not believe uh, that the heat understood the seriousness of the problem, but sort of didn't believe that the doctors understood the seriousness of the problem and that with all of that, there was a lack of trust in whether the problem was being expressed accurately to him. And all of those things together, if that makes sense. And I know you know more to this story, but this is kind of what I want to reveal on the pod um, All of that together is why it just was not viable at all. And whether or not, you know, he's playing in Memphis now um, and whether or not the doctors in Memphis agree with him or whether or not they're just sort of going, okay, you know, we're going to just let you sit out now to get yourself right until you feel comfortable. The Heat, as much as they, I think, would have liked to have gone forward with him, basically decided as a result of this that there was trust that was broken And it just wasn't going to work long term. Does any of that make sense?
2: It does. It does. Yeah, it's it sounds like, you know, it really was just about the trust there. Right. It had gotten to a point of almost no return is what it sounds like when you describe it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's basically what it was. And again, like I said, the trust extended to the point that he didn't trust the doctors who were treating him. And so when you get to that stage, it's not going to get better. I think, you know, what we saw in San Antonio with Kawhi. And people made this comparison on Twitter, there was some of that going on here. All what right? about
2: how about how about a more poignant one? Chris Bosch.
1: Yes, yeah. And the Bosch one was more complicated, of course, because this is that was a life or death situation, right? Um and that was not the Bosch one was not a question of
2: what it is that he had, right? No, but he was like, questioning other doctors, right? I got that. Correct.
1: Cor- correct. He was questioning it wasn't wasn't that, that they were telling him something and he's like, oh, no, I don't have that. It was more so, the, which is really what Winslow was doing, although it was the reverse. The doctors were, were telling him he didn't have something and he was saying he did. With with Bosch, it was more uh, how serious this is and what made that, and, and how risky is it? And, and should you to return the to court? the floor? To return to the floor. And, and what made that situation odd, of course, is that in most cases, an organization or a team is accused of pushing a player to go back out there. Again, that's kind of what the Winslow situation is, right? Like, I mean, I'm not saying the Heat were pushing him, but that's kind of the insinuation. Kind of what happened know. with Side a couple times, right? Correct. I mean, right. But with, with Bosch, it was the opposite. The Heat were being uh, prudent. Um, now, you can say, were they being prudent because they just loved Chris Bosch, or were they being prudent because there were liability issues? Whatever the reason, they were being prudent, and I always agreed with them. And you know, even though you know my feelings for Bosch and for everybody around him, and I love that guy, but the reality is, I think he was wrong, and I think he's realized over time he was wrong that the Heat were looking after the best interests. He did say it right, and the other thing was, no other team would would sanction him to play, right? So it's not just like it was just the Heat. He shopped it, and he couldn't find anybody. So remember when to, those
2: rumors came out like a couple of years later that he he would maybe consider returning for the Lakers. For the Lakers.
1: Yeah, right. That, that, that tells that,
2: you that it would, that the idea was shopped around, and no team was actually you know actually had the balls to try to do something like that.
1: No, they went public with it in that way to see if a team would jump forward. And I remember being in Toronto uh, during that whole scene in the six fifteen sixteen season. And if you remember, he came back to Miami, and Basha's wife and and some of her friends were wearing these T shirts, right. Uh, I forgot what the t-shirt said now, but, but basically they were trying to make the point publicly that he could play and the heat weren't letting him. And it was the heat's fault. Uh, Like I said, all that, you know, Chris has gotten his number retired. It's all water under the bridge. Now But what I'm saying is that was the opposite of this. This was more so player thinks there's a real problem. Team is like, we'd love to help you, but our medical people, other medical people you've gone to are not saying the same thing where do we go from here and it the whole thing basically broke down um but like i said i i heard he was visibly upset uh about the mri coming back the way it came back because it, it uh it, it was inconsistent with his belief that he had something serious so there we are all right we're gonna get to more stuff after the break before we do i want to tell you about the seltzer Mayberg law firm you can find them at one call spell it out o-n-e call com. they've got someone there 24 hours a day to handle any kind of legal claim that you might have, whether it's immigration, personal injury, slip and fall, traffic ticket. They're getting into sports law now. Uh, we, we actually work out of that office in North Miami. It's right before Golden Glade. So as you're waiting uh, an hour and a half uh, in traffic, because they never fix the construction over there, you can give the Seltzer Mabry Law Firm a call and even pop in and say hello to everybody there. Again, it's onecallegal.com, legal. Onecallegal. Com. All right, it's Ethan Skolnick again. Uh, we promised you that we were going to talk about Giannis, and we will, but we had some technical issues with the second half of this podcast, so we've decided to release that part separately. So look for that later today. We're going to get fully into the Giannis to Miami possibility, Giannis 2021. Uh, one of the things you can do is go to our website. We've got a flash sale on there for 10% off for all merchandise, but that includes our Giannis Bam 21 shirt. So check that out. I'll have more details about this other nugget that I promised. We did all of this, but we didn't want to give you that recording because of the way that it came out. So look for it later today. So this podcast, just a recap of the weekend and some of the Justice Winslow stuff, and then I will get to Giannis with Alex before the Bucks heat game on Monday night, and then we'll do another podcast after the game. So. Thanks for hanging with us. We appreciate it. That podcast will be out anytime now.
0: Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the five regional sports network.